How many of you have ever thought of flooring as a fantastic franchise opportunity? Well, it really is. Join me as I talk with Brian Park, who is the founder and CEO of Footprints Floors, as he talks about his journey from entrepreneur to very successful franchisor. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Brian Park, who is the founder and CEO of Footprints Floors. Welcome, Brian. Hi, thanks for having me on here. Of course, your story is going to be a fascinating one. So you started this brand over 14 years ago. Before that, you worked in flooring a little bit, but you also served our country in the Air Force after you attended the United States Air Force Academy. So first of all, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you. So tell us, after you left the Air Force, why the interest in flooring? Uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't say I had an interest in flooring. I'm not sure there's too many people out there that ever have an interest in flooring, unless your parents did it or something. Uh, I, I really, I, I stumbled into it. You know, I really see it as divine providence, if anything. But really, the story is I, after I left the Air Force, I was a history major in college, which means you don't have a job waiting for you, I guess. So I needed to figure out what to do in life. So I was in retail. It wasn't really a thing. I was going to go back to school and become an engineer. I needed a day job really just to pay the bills. I had a young wife. We were starting a family. I needed to make money and support. And uh, we had gone out to dinner one night, my wife and I, and we had three puppies. We have three dogs now and six cats. We have we have animal problems. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I should say my wife has animal problems and I love my wife. Gotcha. Uh, so, so we go out to dinner and came home and our puppies ate our carpet. They just said shredded it, tore it up a corner. It was confetti in our house. So we then hired a flooring company to put in hardwood floors. And I was watching the guy put it in. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. How much money do you make doing this? He's like, I don't know, 100 grand or something. I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot. So yeah. I was 23 years old. And you know that, was, that sounded great. And so I called up the company that was working in my house and said, hey, are you guys hiring? Can I be a floor installer too? The plan was to go to school at night, install floors, uh, get myself through college, and then move on to to the fancy engineering career path. So I worked for them. I, I installed floors for about a year, install, sand, and finish. Like I learned the whole the whole trade. Uh, I was with them for a bit. Then they moved me into sales and kind of a management role. By the end of my three years with them, I was more or less running that company, and at least the day to day. Well, then two thousand eight hit. The, the business owners hadn't made the best uh, business decisions. So they're out of money. The recession hits. They didn't pay their employees for about oh. six months, including me. Oh. And because I was kind of the captain of the ship, I'm going, hey, I'll, I'm going down with the ship, you know, pay everybody yeah. else first. I'll take, I'll take last. And I uh, went through that for six months, living on credit cards, essentially. And then in November of 08, at the end of that year, they let everybody go, including me. I, of course, said, hey, you still owe me like $40,000. And they said, good luck. Uh, my, I had a two-year-old. My wife was seven months pregnant. Uh, we're in the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. Uh, flooring is a, a seasonal, especially in Colorado where it snows. So the winters are not ideal. And that's when I started Footprints Floors, December 9th, 2008, from my garage. Really out of just absolute necessity 
Like, where else am I going to go find a job? You know, I can go work at Home Depot for eleven dollars an hour. Uh, that's that was the beginning. It was it was out of necessity. A young family needed to cover you know cover the bills, and that was it. So humble beginnings, and you realized this is something I know, and I'm good at, and I'm good at. So you decided to start your own. First of all, why did you name it Footprints Floors? My wife and I are we're Christians. We're believers, and we yeah. uh, we call them called Footprints in the Sand. It's really about God carrying you through your hardest times, and that poem's always resonated. I, and I did like the kind of the double meaning, the alliteration around you know footprints and floors, and the double F is is helpful. And yeah, but then it just it does have quite a bit of meaning to us. In fact, our first logo was a papyrus written version of footprints it was like straight plagiarism from the poem. Uh, we've since changed it, but yeah, that was uh, that's our beginnings. So you decided that you were going to start your own. So tell us what it was like those early days, because you started out of your garage. You obviously weren't in a great position since the company hadn't paid you for all those months. So what was that like compared to today? Oh, night and day. Uh, although we do still in some ways work out of my garage. Those early days, so from December through February, we didn't do any work. I was walking neighborhoods with my father-in-law, putting flyers on doors, just trying to scrounge up anything I could. Uh, but it's a recession in the winter, and it was, it was rough going. And then February of of '09, towards the end of that month, we ended up doing our first job. When I say we, it was like me doing the floors during the day, and then my wife answering the phones. We our second daughter was born February second, so we're like balancing a brand newborn with a two year old, and my wife's answering phones and dogs and cats and insanity in an eight hundred square foot house. Oh wow! Uh, but we we made it work. We look back at those days and we're like we we couldn't do it again, but somehow we survived. And just it, necessity forces you to push through some adversity, and that's that's what created footprints, I guess. So. So from there, really March, it started to take off. I was taking the money from the projects I was doing and putting it right back into marketing. And that marketing led to more and more work. And we're really building the foundation of this business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, model today, 15 years later, is almost identical to the model from, from day one. So we haven't, we haven't changed much. It, it, it works extremely well. It's very profitable. That first year, I ended up doing about $540,000 in revenue. Wow. Um, which is which is like seven times more than the average flooring company. And that wow. was our first year. And we made enough money. And I was doing a lot of the work myself. So we mm-hmm. made enough money to get out of our house, which we were way upside down in because of the down economy and all that. Um, move into the new house, really launch the business from there, start adding people and haven't haven't looked back. Today we're in 40 states, 175 locations. Uh, over a thousand installers ha- going daily, sixty um, something employees, and I alluded to it, but we actually all still to this day work out of our houses. Uh, so we've never, on purpose, really invested in like this this center to all be at. And if it doesn't lead to more money, then we don't we don't invest in it. That's that's really our our philosophy. All all because of the lessons learned from the previous company I worked for, and they were all about getting all the shiny stuff. And I'm like if we don't need it. We're not going to get it. That's right. That's, yeah. Right. It's, you know, sometimes the worst conditions help us learn the best lessons. And oh. it sounds like that happened for you. Oh, yeah. And so it's, I can see that. So you started this company and you had a goal to put customers first and create an impeccable reputation. 
And it sounds like you have with the business you have today, but what was your strategy to achieve that? Peckable is a very strong word, but we'll take it. <laughs> uh, really, it's it's this idea of of caring about people more than yourself. You know, mm-hmm. love, love thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if if I really do put my customers before me, then it, it it solves every problem. So now I'm not making selfish decisions based on what's going to benefit me the most. It's what's what's going to help my customer. I'm not selling them products that aren't good for them because I'll make more money. I'm giving them advice. Oftentimes we're in houses like, you know, you really should call these other guys. They're better at it. Or you should you should have the painter go first, not second. Like just all of that. It all stems from this idea of let's let's take care of our customers first, and then you know whatever comes of that, then that's 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 fine. But it's them first, and out of that is is this idea of integrity, which is doing the right thing even when no one's watching. That's the right. CS definition of it, at least. Uh, and if you start with that, then everything else trickles off of that. So yeah, that's that's the foundation of the footprints right there. Boy, that's that's remarkable. And you know, you provide many types of flooring, what I read on your website, hardwood, laminate, vinyl, tile, restoration. But you also offer some more things now, like stone, stairs, backsplashes, baseboards. Can you tell us all about what you offer your customers? Yeah, these these are all what we'd call trades. So we, mm. you know, we we hire, we we employ or I guess bring on subcontractors to do the labor. That's how we've we've always done it. Mm-hmm. Um, subs, that's a whole nother conversation, but subs are a fantastic way to go. Those are the experienced guys. That's, they will want to be subs. So we bring in these guys and they just have fast skill sets. And then we're able to do more and more trades. We, you're, you're kind of touching on something that's really unique to us, which is we don't actually sell product. Mm. We don't, we don't want to sell product. We can, if we need to, but really our bread and butter is labor. So oh. we sell installations uh, and that's where we make our money. The flooring industry is really companies that sell product and they'll kind of dabble in, in, in labor because they have to, to sell more product. And then there's companies that sell labor that dabble in products so they can sell more labor. And we, we find ourselves in the, the latter group. Uh, and that's, that's, yeah. So we're not a mobile showroom. We're not driving around in vans showing samples. Mm-hmm. We generally tell customers in our estimates like, Hey, you know, go to Home Depot or, you know, Floor and Core or Lowe's or whatever and, and buy what you need. You need 700 feet, we'll give them a shopping list. They go buy their product, we install it for them. And what, most, what, oh, go ahead. Most people really prefer that because they feel like they're getting, if they can buy it themselves, they get a better deal, so to speak. Well, for sure. And, and we tell them where to go and where yeah. you can get our preferred pricing. And, you know, we're, we're a huge company now. We have excellent um, buying power. Yeah. We just let the customers have that buying power and we just, we want to install. That's, that's what we want to do. Okay, that is quite unique. Well, let's talk about franchising. So you began offering franchises in 2013. Why did you choose this strategy? Again, kind of like dogs got me into flooring. Uh, my dislike for workers comp got me into franchising. Ah. Uh, we we had grown to such a place kind of in 2012, 2013, that we had more work that I could handle. Mm-hmm. And I was driving around to Denver's where I started like a maniac, north side, south side, and too much driving. So I had a decision to make. How do I kind of cut this down to make it manageable? And it never sat right with me that I would just tell people on the north side of town, like, sorry, you're too far away. I'm not coming. I don't like to turn away business. So it, so option one was to hire employees that drive. Employees in construction get super expensive mm-hmm. because workers' comp 
is ridiculous, you know, how expensive it is. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. a year. So I didn't like that. So I had came up with this idea of like, hey, I approached one of my crews who's really competent and said, hey, do you want to take the north side of town and I'll take the south side of town? You pay me kind of a percentage of what you do and I'll manage the, the marketing and answer your phones and do all of this stuff for you. You just go estimate and sell the job, send me back a percentage and we'll call it good. Mm-hmm. So uh, we operated that way as a handshake deal that year and it worked great. Uh, we went to file taxes at the end of the year and the accountant's like, um, great year. This is a little bit illegal what you're doing. <laughs> you can't really run him as a 1099. Right. Uh, you need to either make him an employee or it kind of looks like you're running a franchise. That's just McDonald's and Chick-fil-A, right? Those are the only franchises I know. And she's like, no, there's this, all these other options, all these service brands out there. So then I really started investigating and figured it out and decided to go the franchise route. That was the workers comp and my dislike for it got me into franchising. Oh my gosh. What a story, Brian, because you are definitely the accidental franchisor. You were franchising. I had desire to franchise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there yeah. you are. And you've grown substantially. And what was really amazing to me is that in the last few years during COVID, you've more than doubled your franchise locations. What explanation do you have for that rapid growth? Well, we really, we, I mean, we launched in January. Well, our first franchise out of state was in July of 19. Oh, we wow. only really operated for like seven months before COVID kicked in like the next February. Um, so that's part of it. But part of it too is we're we're a byproduct of the last downed economy. So yeah. so we came into this very prepared. Like we don't have any locations. We don't have brick and mortar at all. We don't run employees. We really have almost no expenses as a business. All of our expenses are variable. So as we sell more work, our expenses go go up. But if if nothing's happening, then all of our expenses go almost to zero. Mm-hmm. So we're able to weather uh, downed economies extremely well because we're mm-hmm. we're not stuck with any fixed expenses. We had like seven straight months of record profits and record uh, revenues coming out of COVID. Well, that's a great, great uh, example and model and model that you have. And you know, if you think about it, when people spend so much time in their homes. I think they probably realized, you know, I'd like to have this done or that done. So COVID probably helped home renovations. Oh, oh, big time. Yeah. My theory too is people stopped traveling, you know, yeah. they couldn't, and so they took their vacation funds and sunk it into their houses. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that you weren't that familiar with franchising because one of the things you have on your website that I have not seen done is that you have pictures and bios of your franchisees right on that main webpage. Why did you decide to do that? Um, that really stems back from the first days of Footprints Floors. So I, when I would go do estimates, and I've done 20,000 estimates, so I'm pretty experienced in it, I found that people really loved, they resonated well with my story. Like I'm their neighbor. I'd come in like, yeah, I live down the street. These are the pictures of my, my babies and my dogs and my puppies or whatever. And people loved it. Yeah. Uh, well, and so I developed this idea, and it's nothing new. Everybody kind of knows this, but people buy people. They, mm-hmm. they, they want an emotional connection uh, with who they're talking to and it, because it builds trust. And that's what we're going for. Not a false trust, but a real trust. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to take good care of you. You should trust us. We're not going to disappear with your money. We're going to fulfill this contract. You're going to get what you pay for. That's the reality. But then when we're in an estimate, we're really trying to convey that. And I think the best way to do it is, is to invest in them and build rapport. 
So of that, we I always was a big fan of building our marketing package around us as individuals. So we make sure we have local area code phone numbers. So when people call, even though they're calling somebody maybe in another state, it looks local. You know, so everything we're trying to project is, hey, we're we're your neighbor because we are. Our franchisees are your neighbor. We're not trying to like big time them, I guess. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Maybe and it I'm, does it I'm, does seem that way. So I read quite a few of the bios, and then when I clicked in, I was so impressed that I could go to that particular location, and there are testimonials on each one of those pages. How do you manage to keep all that current and relevant? Uh, it, it's all it's all built in. Um, we have a fantastic website company that takes care of all that for us. Yep, technology, hooray! Technology is so great, isn't it? I mean, totally. Because when you go in, it does have a hometown feel. I mean, it really is pretty phenomenal what you've done there. So um, let's talk a little bit about your FDD. So I dug into that and I found a few things that were extremely interesting. But I noticed that you offered the franchise fee for veterans, which didn't surprise me, given that you're a vet. But what about vets makes them great franchisee candidates? Uh, we love vets. Yeah, partially because I am one. We do have a very high percentage of, of veterans in our, our organization. But I think veterans and, and whether it's they started with it before they joined the, the military or it was instilled in them through their time in the military, they really understand integrity. They understand what it is to put other people first. And I think that resonates well with what our our culture is as, a, as an overall business. You know, they they see that. They talk to me as they're kind of investigating the franchise. And they're like, this feels right. This feels like what I'm what I'm used to. These guys do understand integrity and vice versa. We we see that in them. We turn away a lot of franchisees that aren't a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so because we are, we're looking for integrity. It's hard to identify. Everybody says they have integrity, uh, but do they really? Because not everybody actually does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a hard thing to identify. So do you have any tricks or tips you can give us about that? Nope. <laughs> Talk to a lot of people and develop a sixth sense. That's that's the way it is. That's yeah. probably true. That probably is true. I also noticed that you have a territory range and it seems quite large, 60,000 to 125,000 qualified households. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, we... Uh, there was a lot of time and effort put into determining what as a worth, what's a, a valid. And, uh, it's all based on historical data that we've accumulated from our marketing sources. We as a company, we actually do the marketing for our franchisees. Uh, and we we answer all their incoming phone calls as well. So it's like, hey, we, we get the phone to ring and we answer your phone and we put them on your schedule for you. Oh, wow. And that's really when the franchisee takes over is when they drive to the house to go meet with the homeowner for the first time. So all of this data is is at our fingertips. We've accumulated it. I mean, we we did almost. I think we did forty three thousand estimates last year. Wow. We'll do like fifty five thousand this year. So there's a lot. There's a lot of data. A lot of data. We're able to determine where a lot of business, like which zip codes, create the most business and most opportunity. Taking all of that data, we, well, we I guess I then assigned value to each zip code in the whole country. And that went through and clumped territories that were all equal, like zip codes together to create territories that are all considered equal based on all of this data and value that we've created over the years. So yeah, 404 equal territories across the country and people are killing it. That is not easy work. So Brian, hats off to you. And you talked about the contact center. That's 
That's pretty incredible. So the franchisee doesn't have to worry about the incoming calls or even the scheduling. You take care of that, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, and it's uh, call center is a little bit of a misnomer. You think people sitting in cubicles with headsets. Yeah. Really, it's we have a bunch of like it's it's employees that are sitting at their houses. Everybody works from their home, and yeah. so we really want. And it's it's assigned. Each franchisee is assigned a we call them CSR customer service reps. Mm. Uh, so it's a designated rep in charge of that particular franchise. That the reps might have two or three franchises that they're responsible for, um, but that way the customers in that market are talking to the same the same person every day, every time they call, creating that kind of hometown feel that we're we're really pushing for. Um, and our and our franchisees get to know their CSRs too because that's that's who they're talking to every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that's quite a differentiator both for the for the franchisee and the customer. So that's a that's a great aspect. You know, also I had I noticed you had something in there about a quality assurance audit fee. And I started at KFC years ago as a mystery shopper. So when you use the word mystery shopper, I'm always gonna look at that. So have you done that? Have you had any mystery shoppers? Uh we 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 haven't had any technical mystery shoppers, but we do surveys. So we okay. we survey all of our customers around the country kind of randomly. Yeah. So it, we solicit information from them. Uh, and then, then Google, this whole internet thing is this amazing, uh, you know, review catching device. Oh, for sure. So we get five stars and, you know, you name it. So it does keep all of our franchisees pretty honest. Not that we necessarily need to do that, but, um, they're great. It's amazing. I, I actually thought our, we'd have far more problems than we do. That's the fear. Like, oh, they're going to take your name across yeah. the country and you don't, you know, all these strangers are like, I know it's scary, but it's worked. Wait, I think they're all better at it than I am. It's amazing. So they they make me look better than I than I make myself. So yeah, and it's also great reinforcement for your franchisees and for your brand as a whole that you're doing things right. Yeah. So there's that positive aspect of it. Oh, for sure. That's great. So you also have a franchise starter package. What's included in that? Uh, we. Uh, I'm trying to think what is in the starter package. It's, yeah, it's about $1,100. There's training that's involved. They come out of our training certified. That certification yeah. has, a, has a fee or a cost associated. Um, we give them a lot of hand tools and things that they're going to need for their day. Shirts and apparel and yard signs and just kind of marketing material in general. Um, I can't remember. I'm not in charge of the starter package anymore. But yeah, there's there's a lot in there. Like but measuring- I love Lasers, moisture meters, all kind of tools of the trade. Yeah. Yeah. I love the concept of that because it's when you start a franchise, it's just so great to have a package given to you that lets you get started right away. So I think that it's a wonderful concept. But I also noticed you're quite particular with the vehicles used in the advertising wrap. Can you talk about that? I think we're pretty loose with it, actually. But uh, <laughs> really, it's just black and white and in good shape. That's all right. that's, that's good option. So yeah, we just we originally started with only white vehicles, but then okay. we had enough people that complained that they wanted black included. Our black looks really sharp too, so yeah. I'm glad we went that route. But yeah, just to I think it looks the best. We want to do we want to have some uniformity across the country and protect sure. our brand logo. Yeah, sure, I can I can see that. And then your training looks quite extensive, and I was really impressed that you are listed as the person directing it. So you have a lot of managerial training as well as obviously your secrets to ins- installation. But can you talk about your training and what it includes? Uh, yeah, we um, 
we have the franchisees go through about 60 to 80 hours of online mm-hmm. training before they come out to the official uh, Denver training. And all that online is is mostly technical training that we have accumulated and gathered from the industry um, organizations, the NWFA and the NTCA would and, and tile. That's where they come out of that certified uh, in, in wood from that. Uh, that platform actually won training of the year uh, two years ago, which it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a really well done thing. Not we we just accumulated it. It's all the data from these other organizations that did such a great job. So they go through all of that ahead of time, and then they come to Denver for two weeks, and they they meet with me and my staff. Mm-hmm. There's probably 20 different people that get in front of them over those two weeks, just teaching them everything that it is in our model, everything to do, uh, admin and business to sales and managing crews and finding crews and. Uh, you name it. We put them through three days of hands-on training as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll get to set tile and sand floors and apply stain. And mm-hmm. really, we just want them to come out of that going, okay, I've done that before. It's really, really hard. I'm going to be nice to my guys because they their job is difficult. Uh, there's an appreciation that comes when you have to actually feel the pain of crawling around on a floor for three days. Oh, 100%. I can, I can see that. That's mm-hmm. great. And I do think training is one of the things that franchising... Per- provides exactly how to run the business, the business model. And it sounds like you have that one nailed, so to speak. Get that little pun there. So um, but why is Footprints Floor is a great opportunity for potential franchisees? Why would they want to become a franchisee of yours? Uh, because we're awesome. <laughs> do you want me to expand on that? Uh, <laughs> no, it's I, I, I've always loved what I do. I think I have the yeah. coolest job. I always joke, unless somebody asked me to come like run the Broncos or something, I, I couldn't think of another job that I'd want to do more than what we do. It's the, what I've seen in my life and, and flooring's not sexy, mm-hmm. you know, at all. Like nobody's like, Oh, I'm so excited. I was, I was, should I go like be a professional baseball player or, or be in flooring? Uh, no. So, but what I've seen and just in comparison to friends, like my lifestyle, I'm home. I don't mm-hmm. travel I'm available. I've always worked from my house. I'm, I'm with my family and my children. Uh, which is just amazing. I get to set my schedules. I, I go to kindergarten plays and yeah, you're in control of it. That's parts amazing. And then you compare or you, you then throw in the fact that you can make a lot of money in flooring, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, which mm-hmm. is, is a great lifestyle. So the combination of those two things, it's, it's fantastic. And, and I really think that our model uh, more than even any other service franchise models that I've seen. And I investigate a lot and I'm, I'm a spreadsheet nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really seen anything that that compares to what we do. The fact that we're answering their phones and making them ring and right. providing all the marketing and it's it's cool. It, it right. works well, right? It does. It seems like you have definitely created a wonderful business plan that that's working just beautifully. So, what are your growth plans over the next five years? Um, you know, I. I I, I tend to hold plans loosely. We'll just, we'll see where the Lord takes it for sure. Yeah. Um, our, our main focus is supporting our current franchisees and helping to continue to develop them and make them more and more profitable. I think it all starts there. If they're doing great and loving their lives and jobs and making good money, then everything else takes care of itself and mm-hmm. we'll continue to grow. Um, yeah. If, if we'll add franchises year after year, I, um, there's 404, we're 175 at 404, so we could more than double over the next decade yeah. or so, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, see what you did, 
you've defined the green space with those 404 territories. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, my last couple of questions, Brian, are about you. So you have done so much with Footprints Floors and probably more than you even expected. What are you most proud of? Uh, I don't know. I don't I guess I don't think too much about myself. Um, I don't, I don't have a good answer for you. I, I love what I do. I love that I've been available for my family. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably start there and we, we've really invested heavily, um, time-wise mostly in, in giving back. We really see this business as uh, an opportunity to, it's a pass-through. We consider ourselves stewards of, of these funds and we invest, we committed to 25% of profits to, to nonprofit uh, mm-hmm. donations in the last few years. And my wife and I run a, a Christian youth ministry with 300 and something kids in it. Uh, so that's been amazing. And, and it's all because of what, what, you know, footprints has provided. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say just the, all the upper other opportunities that's created is, is remarkable to see. And I, I'm excited to see all of our franchisees have these opportunities in their own right. local communities and markets too. And just to watch this kind of spread, putting, putting others first and, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I guess there's a legacy. I, I hope it's that, that God is you, glorified. You have three girls. Are Do you think any of those three will be interested in your business? <laughs> no. <laughs> My youngest, is she loves Taco Bell. She's like, I'm so excited to work at Taco Bell someday, Dad. Oh, I'm I like, love that. <laughs> really? <laughs> you have so many opportunities and Taco Bell is where we settled. Uh, That's great. Well, we run this youth theater and they're all far more excited in plays than flooring, I guess. So I'm One competing day. with my wife for their, their hearts there. <laughs> I, I gotcha. One day, you you never know. The, never the know. Taco Bell, I didn't see that one coming. No, so um... She loves nachos. <laughs> nachos, that's where it's at. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, my last question. So you did start franchising and didn't even know you were franchising. Is there anything you wish you had known before you started it? Uh, you know, there was a lot of hard lessons that cost money. So those are always the easy answers is I wish I would know this, this, and this, but no, I, even now I, I would say just, I guess, as people are thinking about being franchisors or joining into franchisees, the older guys, I, I guess I'm starting to get into that group of the veterans. We love to give our time and our knowledge and and pour back into others. And when you're young, you don't really think you think you're bothering the older people, and that's not the case. They're just, you know, we're eager to share what we've, what we've learned over the years. So, so I tell younger Brian, like, go find some old dudes that know a lot and 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 ask questions. They'll, they'll be happy to share that information with you. So, yeah, I wish I would have known that when I was young. Yeah. And, you know, that's a good one because many people in franchising are so happy to share with others. So you're exactly right. As you have with us today. What a wonderful story, um, Brian. I wish you all much success and thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise U.